Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross is literally the most pivotal moment in the history of the world. See, every major religion and worldview says this. They see the world as broken, as something is wrong. But every one of them come at it from this point of view. I must do something to help fix it. You and I must do something to help make things right. Because here's reality. We're broken. The world is broken. It doesn't take long to, to, to watch television or, or do a Google search or just, just look through social media to realize that the, that, that the human race is broken. We're angry, we're bitter, we're fearful, we're afraid. There's all kinds of emotion and frustration and anger. It's like we're all trying to get somewhere, but we're all trying to get there in different ways. And some people act like they don't even know where they're going. The celebration of Christianity, the ultimate celebration, the Super Bowl of celebration for Christianity is Easter. Why? Because Jesus' death on the cross is the most pivotal moment in the history of the world. Why is that? I believe it's simply this. Because Jesus looked at the condition of the world and didn't place it on us to fix it. He simply said, I will fix it. And that's what he came to do. The crucifixion by the Roman government still today remains one of the most cruel forms of capital punishment in the history of the world. It would, it would take someone who had been convicted of a crime, worthy or punishable of death, and it would bring them before the Roman government and rulers. And they would take that person and prepare them for crucifixion. Not that the, the, the crucifixion was excruciating and painful enough, they would, they would take and strap that individual to a, to a pole, and they would whip that individual with what is called a cat of nine tails, it's strips of leather attached to a, a, a piece of wood or a piece of metal, and, and on that leather would be broken shards of glass and pottery. And the, the soldier would take and bring it over and whip the person, as they were strapped, it would, it would wrap over their body, and as he would pull it, it would rip shards of flesh off of them. And so that was preparation for the moment, because they would already be, be in, in such pain and agony, and their body would already be reeling from a moment like that. And many people didn't even survive that. But then the person would have the cross strapped to their shoulders, and they would carry their own cross to the place of crucifixion. And there they would lay them down on their cross and they would take nine-inch spikes and they would drive them in their wrist and their feet. And then they would put them as a stake in the ground. Not some 10 feet in the air, but many only two feet off the ground so that passers-by could be close. 
And they would strip that person and, and leave them utterly humiliated and naked and bare before everyone, but so that the people that could walk by would, would be able not just to see them, but curse them, spit on them. It wasn't just, it wasn't just cruel, it was humiliating. That's what happened to Jesus. One who was tried and found guilty in, a, in the wee hours of the morning by a religious court. And, and, and the words that got him, the act that got him was not something that he did because no one could agree on what he said or did. What got him was the, the chief priest declaring commanding him by the Most High God to answer the question of whether or not Jesus was the Messiah. The word Messiah, what is that? It means the Christ. It means the Savior, the one who is coming to rescue us from our sin, to establish an earthly reign and, and his kingdom forever and ever. That, that's what the Jews were looking for. They were looking for a king. They were looking for someone who would establish them as the, as the rulers of the world. But Jesus always has so much more in store. And he simply left heaven and he came not just to be a king, but to be the savior and not just of the Jews but of all mankind. And as he was tried, what, what, what got him and what, where they found him guilty was based on, on his word. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it's, it's like the high priest said, I command you by the living God, which he's commanding him by him to answer this question. Are you the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God? And Jesus tells him he is, which in the Jewish law was, a, was an act of blasphemy unless you are who you say you are. And those very, that, that answer allowed them to hand him over to Pilate. And Pilate did everything that he could, the Roman governor, to release Jesus. He begged the people, hey, I want to release Jesus to you. And their answer was crucify him. Some of the very same people who just seven days earlier had lined the streets of Jerusalem as Jesus was entering on a donkey and they were, they were singing his praises, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And now a week later, those words of praise have now become words of condemnation and persecution. Crucify him. And he hands him over to the soldiers to be whipped with a cat of nine tails. And the evil in that moment just consumes them and they just about kill him. To the point where Jesus can't even carry his own cross up the hill, but they meet him there with it. They drive the spikes into his wrist and his feet. And they put him in the ground. They strip him naked. They drive a, a crown of thorns into his skull. It's really not kid-friendly. It's a very difficult picture to sit and watch, to imagine. And as people walked by, they mocked him, they laughed at him, they cursed him. They spit on him. And in that moment, Jesus, Jesus had the wherewithal about him, the strength to utter not just a few words, but seven statements. 
the very first statement that he utters while on the cross. And just to get it out, he would have to press his weight up against those spikes and take in a breath so he could just speak. His very first words were words of forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. All the way to the last words spoken by the creator of the world. See, they thought they were crucifying a criminal. The religious leaders thought they were killing a blasphemer. What what they didn't realize is they're, they're, they're putting to death the author of life. And the only way that was possible is if he allowed it to happen. And why would he do that? Because he utters these words just as he breathes his last, tetelestai. The word tetelestai in the Greek means this. It means it is finished. It stands finished. And it always will be finished. That's what makes the death of Jesus on the cross the most pivotal moment in the history of the world. You see, that word may be foreign to us, but it wasn't to Jesus. In, in, in the days of Jesus, tetelestai was used actually quite often. But it was used in one of three ways. One, a servant coming back to his or her master after completing an assignment. Tetelestai. The assignment is complete. I finished the assignment. It could have been used or was used by the chief priest or the, 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 the religious leaders when they had performed a sacrifice that was acceptable and pleasing based on the Word of God. Tetelestai, it is finished. And finally, by merchants, after creating or completing a transaction of business, meaning the debt has been paid in full. Today, what does what could possible what 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 could tetelestai mean for you? Well, I think the answer is found in the very things that Jesus said, or the very things of that, that, that the meaning of the word was found in his day. Tetelestai. It is finished. It stands finished. It will always be finished. What does that mean for us? I believe it means this. I believe, number one, it means Jesus said, I have completed my assignment. But what was that? What was that assignment and why is it significant for you and me? Well, the answer to that is found in the book of Ephesians in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 It says, and you were dead. Speaking in the past tense, but but the writer of Ephesians is, is speaking to a group of people who had realized that Jesus had completed and finished his assignment and made it personal in their life. And so he's reminding them of where they were and what they had come from. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Here's what I know. Everyone is a sinner. You're born that way. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do to change it. You are born that way. You can't get rid of it on your own or in your own strength and power. You aren't good enough. And so you and I and our sin, we're dead. We're not capable of paying the full price and penalty. We can't complete the assignment of taking it away. 
And here, Paul writes, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the heavens, the spirit that is now working in the disobedient. Can't you see it? Today in our culture, in our world, can't you see the spirit of darkness working in the disobedient? But I love Ephesians 2 verse 4. It says simply, but God. See, you are dead, but God, who is rich in mercy. We understand the term rich. It means overflowing. It means exceedingly abundant. It means having everything that we need. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he has for us. What did he do with that? It simply says he made us alive with Christ the Messiah. Even though we were dead in trespasses, because we are saved by grace. You see, for us today, the message of the cross is not spelled do. The message of the cross for you and I is spelled done. How can we, how can we say that? It's simply because of the word tetelestai. Jesus completed the assignment. The second way it was used was with a, a priest performing a sacrifice. What does tetelestai mean for us? It means more than Jesus completing his assignment. It means that his life is an acceptable sacrifice. For what? For our sin. That's what makes the death of Jesus on the cross the most pivotal moment in the history of the world. His death was an acceptable sacrifice. Hebrews 9 says this, For the Messiah, for Christ, did not enter a sanctuary made with hands like the chief priest with a sacrifice would do. Instead, he entered heaven itself so that he might now appear in the presence of God for us. But he didn't do this to offer himself many times. He didn't do this so that he could offer himself over and over and over again as the high priest does on a yearly basis with the blood of a sacrifice. No. If that were the case, he would have had to suffer many times since the foundation of the world. But now he has appeared one time, one time for the removal of sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus, the song says he paid it all and all to him I owe. Why? To tell us that it is finished. It's not just him completing the assignment that was given to him. It was also his life being an approved, accepted sacrifice, not just for me, not just for you, but for all mankind. You see, the message of the cross is not, there is nothing more I can do. No. You see, the message of the cross is there is nothing more I need to do. Why? 
it's been done. To Tetelestai, it is finished. It remains finished, and it will always be finished. Because that word for you, for me, doesn't just mean that Jesus completed the assignment. It doesn't even just mean that his life was an approved, pleasing, accepted sacrifice. It also means that your debt, my debt, our debt has been paid in full. The book of Colossians kind of echoes the book of Ephesians. And it says, and you were dead in trespasses and sin. But God, God made you alive with him. With who? With Jesus. And forgave us all of our trespasses. How is that? How can somebody do that? It doesn't seem fair. It's not People say life's not fair. It's not. But neither is Christianity and faith in Jesus. For if it were fair, I would pay for my own sin. I would have to get on the cross. I would have to be crucified so that I could pay for my own sin. But it's not fair. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. The debt for all mankind was paid in full at that moment in history and time. We were dead until that moment, until the moment you and I acknowledge that, realize that, and say yes to that. What did his death mean for us? Colossians 2 tells us he, God, erased the certificate of death. Wow. You ever had a loved one pass away? They will hand you a certificate of death. They're dead. They're gone. It's over. God, through Jesus Christ, because we were dead in our sin, there was no hope for us. He erased that certificate of death, and with its obligations that were against us and opposed to us, they are gone. He has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. You see, the message of the cross... It's not a declaration of defeat. The message of the cross is actually a declaration of victory. You see, the death of Jesus is the most pivotal moment in the history of the world. Why? To tell us that it is finished. It stands finished. It remains finished. It will always be finished. But that's not the end. The death of Jesus Christ was not the end. It was the end of sin and punishment and our the obligations that are opposed that are against us. That's over. But for him, for us, it's all just getting started. Today I want you to know it's not over. See, Jesus dying on the cross for us literally is the greatest story in the history of the world. 
But it's not over. Because this day we celebrate not just the death of Jesus, which would, just, which would be enough for celebration and wholehearted sacrifice, surrendering commitment to Him. No. See, today we also celebrate His resurrection. Why? Because Jesus didn't come to make you good. Jesus came to make us alive. And His death and resurrection didn't just drive a stake in the ground for the removal of sin. It drove a stake in the ground for you and I to declare with our life, it's not over. Because you can never outrun, outpace, outgive, or outdo the grace of God. Today, to tell us that is my word for you. It's finished. It stands finished. It will always be finished. Not for you, but for your sin. Jesus doesn't want you to live with that in the past. He wants you to live with it in your present and future. Why? So that you can live life to the fullest. That's my invitation to you today. That's the invitation of Easter. Is for you to say yes to the one who gave it all for you. And it simply can be, it can be this simple. You simply saying with your mouth and believing in your heart, dear God, I believe in you. I believe that you sent your one and only son to this world to be my Savior. You say to Jesus, Jesus, forgive me for my sin by your grace. Restore me to you. Jesus, be the Savior and Lord of my life. I am ready to follow you, and I say yes to you today. Amen. Today, if you declared that with me, if you said that with me, if you if you believe that with me, stay with me to the end of this video and, and follow the, the link, follow the prompt. Let us know that you made that decision and let us send you some free resources. Put information in your hand so that you can continue to live life to the fullest and declare with everything that you've got, it's not over. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Resurrection Day. May God bless you. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior. Congratulations. We could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions that you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text Jesus, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside. I would like to partner with them. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the GIVE tab. Lastly, Southside.online. 
you can do it through the gifts section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.